welcome to Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. I'm Larissa Maestro, and I'm here with my number one. Lauren Lowen. Hello. Hello. So we have a special treat for you guys this week. So we were invited to be on a podcast that we're both really big fans of. This podcast is uh, also a Nashville podcast, which is really cool. Um, and it's called Your Inner Child is an Idiot. It's hosted by uh, our friends DJ Phillips and Damon Xanthopoulos. And it's a super fun podcast where they just rewatch and re-experience things from millennial childhood era and decide whether they were any good. <laughs> yeah, I am a huge fan of this podcast. Damon and DJ have been doing this, I think, for five years but yeah. I only recently discovered it. It's something that's been recommended probably by you, Larissa, to me several times. Yeah. And I finally was a, in a situation where I was like, oh, yeah, I should listen to that podcast. And I've just been gobbling it up. I think in a matter of like a few months, I totally absorbed five years worth of this podcast. I was just benching <laughs> it. Um, I strongly recommend. Let's see. My first episode was the Wayne's World episode, which was fun. Uh, the yeah. Batman Forever one sticks out, but yeah, it's really great, especially if you have memories of of some of the things they talk about too. I also like the fact that Damon and DJ Larissa and Lauren, yeah, also one is a musician and one is an illustrator cartoonist. So that's another weird <laughs> way we kind of have like an alternate universe version of us. <laughs> yeah, it's appropriate. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's appropriate that we do a podcast with them. Yes, it's balanced. Yes. We can cover all the bases. We've got the theme song covered. We've got the artwork covered. We're good. <laughs> oh, and Damon's artwork for this crossover is amazing. You should check it it's, out on their Instagram just for that. Yes, it is so much fun. They they had uh, a lot of their fans requesting that they review Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, which is a like hefty task. So they decided to invite us on to be their resident experts on the franchise so no it was an honor it was an honor and privilege <laughs> no pressure at all <laughs> so yeah so i guess i guess all we can say is um that's what you'll be listening to and we hope you really enjoy it because we really did I keep doing, I flip into the 60s version and then I click back into the 90s version. Now that, I lo- oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot. This is the podcast where we look back on things from your childhood and see if they're any good. My name's DJ. My name's Damon. And we have two very, very special guests today. This is unprecedented in the world of our podcast. We have Lauren and Larissa from Into the Wormhole. Welcome, you guys. Yay! Hello! <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Very special episode. Yeah. Uh, Crossover episode, like the Jetsons meeting the Flintstones. Yeah, it's going to be so weird. Because why? Why would that happen? Can we be the Jetsons? We're the Jetsons. (laughs) Yeah, well, obviously you would be the Jetsons. Jetsons. (laughs) So why why are these two two lovely women here? Well, that's because we're going to be talking about Star Trek, colon, the next generation. And we we thought we'd consult experts. Like we usually do. Like we usually have never done before. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Into the Wormhole is a lovely podcast, uh, an excellent podcast about uh, Star Trek. Well, you guys talk about all the Star Trek, right? Not yeah, we, t- we talk about all of it. Yeah. But, so, I mean, for both of us, though, TNG is our Trek. What is the one that was on when we were younger? Yeah. I mean, it's our it's ours. It's you know, ours, yes. It belongs to our Millenni- It belongs track. to millennials. <laughs> <laughs> what we usually do, you guys are familiar with the podcast at this point, is just talk about what we remember. And I have not seen a Star Trek The Next Generation in probably 15 to 20 years. I literally uh, wow. just finished watching one <laughs> like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so the 20 memory, years, 20 minutes. The memory <laughs> thing is going to be a little bit different for you guys, but... Uh, Let's start. Let's start with old uh, old Damon here. What do you, what you oh, got? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't. I have no uh, memories of ever watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, but I do remember my brother making it appointment television at least the first episode, which I found weird because I don't remember him ever really being into Star Trek prior to that. But he made a point to uh, watch the premiere episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation when it was it 1989 that it premiered. 87. Okay. Um, Looking back, piecing things together like a detective, uh, (laughs) I think my brother may have had a crush on Wesley Crusher. I mean, did we all did? Right. Well, well, it only seems obvious now, but I was like, why is he watching this show from like a franchise he's never been interested in? And I was like, oh, there's this teenage boy who's around his age on the show who's symmetrical and facial features. Wesley Crusher is the one with the uh, deep plunging V neckline, right? He has so many excellent sweater unitards <laughs> on, this, on this show. <laughs> Which, but, honestly, I mean, and I've said this before, and I stand by it, I would wear most of his outfits in my actual life. I mean, he, I mean, it, uh, it sort of circled back on itself, like the fashion of Wesley Crusher. He... I mean, when I see pictures of him, he just looks like some some guy I would see in like Williamsburg. He just looks like some guy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm more familiar with the original recipe Star Trek. I watched mm. all those movies. My brother and I got really into Star Trek Six when mm. Praxis explodes, destroying the Klingon Empire. Um, and it also had Iman in it, which was probably our gay gateway into Star Trek. I'm like, oh, look, David Bowie's wife is here. Let's hang out with her for a while. Um, but I mean, other than that, I did watch in retrospect, I, when I lived with you, DJ, we watched the original first five, yeah, uh, yeah. original cast movies. You had a blog of sorts. Yeah. I, I went through them cause I was curious about why Star Trek. Cause I never got into it as, as like it was in my nerd blind spots. <laughs> um, so I never got into it, but I watched the first five, uh, you know, kept Kirk crew, re- uh, movies, yeah. which are, off and on, they're a little bit uneven it's as a series. The even numbered ones that are the good ones. Yeah, that it's is the generally... opposite of the Indiana Jones rule, where the odd numbered <laughs> ones are good. Yes. <laughs> Star Trek, the even numbered ones are good, Although which I, is I, weird because the fourth one has whales and time travel in it, but still manages yeah. to like I, eke it, out a good, a good movie out of that. Yeah, it's still fun that one. I just saw that. Listen, Lauren, did you did you all like watch this a lot growing up? Was it like a thing? It's it's interesting because when I okay so I was born eighty four so okay. I kind of remember when I started to get into Next Generation I was about eight or nine and by that mm. time Star Trek was starting to wrap up the Next Generation but obviously yeah a lot of things were in syndication 
I want to say it came on shortly after my brother and I got home from school. It was one of those things. Yeah, I remember like stumbling upon it a lot. Yeah. And so my brother and I watched it, but it's funny thinking back to what I watched. I didn't watch a lot of live action stuff. I, you know, saw Simpsons and other cartoons, but the only other thing besides Next Generation that I watched that much live action was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Which I hope Pretty you guys similar. do, by the Very way. Similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, but but I no, I just that. really liked honestly, I just really liked the characters. I do not consider myself to be a like big sci-fi person. I just really liked this ensemble cast. Yeah. And and that's what it was for me. And then it kind of parlayed into, you know, other things later on in my life with Star Trek. So you stuck yeah. with Star Trek up going forward. A little bit, like when Deep Space Nine came on, which I don't know how familiar you guys are with the other, you know, shows, but like I, Deep Space Nine did not click with me as a 10, 11, 12 year old. And right. I saw that later in my 20s. And then I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I get okay. it now. Yeah, but- DS9's for adults. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek after no, dark. No, Deep Space Nine was like a full story arc. I remember it being very dark. And I remember asking my brother, by dark I mean literally like it was just the colors were so Hmm. it just looked different you know and um I remember asking my brother like what's this one about and he's like oh they're on a space station and I was like oh that doesn't sound nearly as interesting as like TNG where you're like zipping around on a ship I really wanted like Data to be my best friend um (laughs) there's so many episodes of Data befriending little kids and I think I was one of those (laughs) Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, but it was, but it was just like these great little forty-five minute stories. It didn't matter what order you watched them in, and yeah, I just, I, I had a good time. I don't know, Larissa, like, what's, what's your tie to it all? My parents were Trekkies, are Trekkies, generational. Yes, so (laughs) I, I mean, I watched uh, TNG with my family when, from the time it first came on TV. Uh, they loved TOS. They loved all the movies, and then you know, the rest is history. I just are they still like super into it? They're like yeah, watch? okay, yeah. I'll like call Discovery, them and the other I'll hear Voyager theme song in the background. <laughs> like they they love it. They watched all of Picard. Uh, they loved it. They're I mean, my parents are it. scientists. They like science fiction. It made complete sense we like we were a sci-fi family like we watched quantum leap too yeah Um, yeah yeah i did get into quantum leap as a kid it's great and then you know what if you want another crossover scott bakula enterprise enterprise captain not the best star trek (laughs) i've heard i remember someone (laughs) in college because i think that one came out when i was in college and i remember a friend of mine uh, was trying to um sell me on it by telling me there was like an AIDS storyline in that one where there was like a disease. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't her best moment. (laughs) You might like this. Yeah. AIDS. Jesus Christ. Um, But it was like some some alien race was like, was dying. (laughs) Some alien race was dying from a specific disease and I guess Ah. uh, Federation was not going to help them and then they decided to help them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, we talked about that episode when we talked about uh, Flocks. That's what I think you were saying. There's probably yeah. something else. It's the too. one where he's like, where there, there's that one culture on the planet, and there's the other one, and they have the genetic defect, and it's the whole like beginning oh, genetic of the... defect, right? Isn't that relevant <laughs> to your interest? <laughs> <laughs> you love. I mean, it. I am defective. 
Um, <laughs> that, uh, but Larissa, that's actually somewhat similar to to my connection with it. Like, uh, my my dad will watch it, so like I, I I was familiar with Star Trek, I'm sure in general, but like he fairly religiously as mu- as religiously as he watching it, he's not like just a big super fan of anything not not meaning he doesn't like it he's just like he's like oh tv is on this is what i watch yeah and and uh so like that's where i remember is like i try to like my favorite show on tv is on exactly (laughs) tv is on and i'm tired and i'm gonna sit here so it's fine yeah um and so i i remember like bits and pieces just from like watching it with him and then of course like the most I ever watched Star Trek after that was with with Damon watching the movies, and so we didn't get that far. We didn't get into the into the uh, TNG or the TNG movies. Now, DJ, uh, DJ, your your wife, your Lauren, yes, yes. she's a fan, right? She's a big fan. Yeah, well, I w- I wouldn't call her a Trekkie, but she does like it, and when was yeah. like demanding uh, <laughs> coverage of certain episodes. So we'll we'll have to get into that. Um, uh, oh, so she had that, specific episodes that well, she I don't wanted you were, to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and message her right now so I don't miss it. But We have a very elaborate Google Doc that oh goes my gosh. into like, okay, these are the ones we should consider because of this reason. But if we do this episode, then we really don't need to do this episode <laughs> because we want to blah, 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 blah. Because that's yeah. already covered. So You guys do a lot more okay. work than we do. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, by the way, you guys tasked us with just picking too good and too bad. And we actually did something a little different if it's okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Of course. We did so too good. <laughs> we didn't pick we, any. Fuck you. You're watching everything. No. <laughs> we did We're going to watch good. the whole thing. Too good. We're going to pick one that is kind of universally accepted as bad because we realized that I think a lot of people would agree that like Star Trek when it's at its best are these little 45 minute morality plays. And yes, there are usually a more serious tone. Um, they can be more talky or more actiony, but we realized there's like a different flavor of Star Trek. We really needed to get in there. So we took one of the bad episodes and we made it our kind of like wild card. And it is yeah. a Q episode because he is so tied to TNG and it's just what I would call like Star Trek shenanigans. Yeah. And <laughs> And these episodes aren't necessarily good or bad, but they're more subjective to the viewer. Um, for instance, the one episode of Q that we picked, I like it, but my husband, Keith, just, it's not his thing. He thinks it's stupid. So I'll be really curious to see what we all think of it. Larissa, do you have them? Or? I do. I have them. They're in the dock now. I just did it real quick. Uh, do you, can, I, can I say what they are? Oh, yes, by yes. all means. Oh, yeah, please. Okay. So the, the silly episode that Lauren just mentioned is an episode called Cupid. Oh God. Nice. <laughs> A lot of puns. Uh, <laughs> all of the Q episodes, the titles are puns. Yeah. Um, and it's season four, episode 20. It is a holodeck episode kind of. So we have <laughs> in a way, so that we was have, one of, that was have... one of Lauren's demands is, is a holodeck <laughs> malfunction. Cause she's like, yeah, we should have got rid of this thing a long time ago. Right. <laughs> It's not a true holodeck episode, but it's true. in the vein of the goofiness of the holodeck. Yeah, okay. everyone's episode. in costumes. Yeah. Yes. It's silly. The whole crew is in a situation that they're not used to. They're, yeah. It's... Wait a minute. What is the holodeck? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the audience cipher. Perfect. <laughs> You're just saying syllables. It's I only know so because silly. Lauren has talked about it. So right. please, will you explain to poor Damon? I poor would love to Damon. explain. So you're stuck on a starship. 
sure. for all the time, right? And you just have to be in this ship. The holodeck is like a little, it's like a VR room. Yeah. Where oh, okay. you can go in and make it whatever you want. You can go on vacation to the beach. You can, you know, be in a... Play uh, basketball. Like, oh, no. Make it anything you want There's to no. There's no basketball Missed on Star Trek, but there, there is, is baseball. baseball. <laughs> oh, no. Larry Bird, what are you doing here? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm like, can I just watch the the Chicago Bulls documentary, but in the holodeck? Yeah. And just like watch Jordan dunk over and over and over again. Can really um, smell the... When no. you're in holodeck, are you in your own little pod or is everyone together? You're you can- in your... There are four holodecks on the Enterprise. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. So so you can be in your own thing. You sign the holodeck out. You sign out time and you go in and do your thing. Do what? Like I, a little I, conference yeah. room. Yeah. It's like signing out a conference room, only uh, it, you might be, uh, you know, spending some alone some, time. Some in the wild, 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 wild. <laughs> uh, Virtual pleasure palace. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, pretending to be Sherlock Holmes, which is another thing that happens. Oh, my God. Yeah. Things that people do. Oh, yeah. Um, the bad episode. Yep. Is, uh, so that was our silly episode. The, the that's the silly episode. Yeah, the shenanigans episode. Everyone's in fun costumes. There's, oh, God. It's, yeah, we don't want to give away too much. I'm not going to say anything because they're just so, there are memes that have come out of this episode that are very fun. Um, the second episode, the bad episode is called Justice. And it is from the first season of TNG, which is generally the worst season of TNG. Uh, like the almost the whole season is terrible. <laughs> I think I've heard about that because it wasn't that what, like Gene Roddenberry like had very specific ideas of what the this show was going to be like, and some, one of the things was like there should be no conflict, and the writers were like, "That's the basic staple of drama, so we can't just not have conflict." Oh yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Show. That was actually that was a thing that continued throughout. It was yeah. he was like, um, "Children wouldn't be sad that their parents died," and the writers <laughs> were like, "But, uh, but they would." <laughs> but they would. That's one of the things about kids. It's one of the uh, few predictable about things. Kids. Um, they're fragile like that. kids. Kids <laughs> so this, cry about the darndest things. <laughs> I know they're just crying all the time. Uh, this this episode, I'm excited uh, to hear what y'all think about the costume design specifically. Oh, it is, I oh god, I'm so excited. Was just this uh, their standard costumes for the first season, or was no, there like wacky special. costumes? This oh, is god, okay. you'll you'll find out. <laughs> and, and it's got a lot of Wesley. I oh yeah, say. it's yeah. a Wesley episode also. Wesley. Uh, it is really <laughs> terrible, but it's also not the worst episode. So yeah. like specifically every, every Trek fan, TNG fan specifically knows that the season web- one episode code of honor is the worst episode of star Trek ever. And we're not going to make you watch that because it's just so horrible. Leave like, us some wiggle room on that. Like, one. like the cast was like, this is bad when they were shooting it. And then Gates McFadden, who plays Dr. Crusher, went to the studio and was like, you shouldn't release this. It's bad. And then they fired her. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, I think it's okay to talk about, to go in a little bit about it. Because, yeah, you said you, you've gotten a lot of requests from your fans about TNG. And so those people will know Code of Honor. But just to give you guys the background, it's it's considered a largely offensive and racist episode. Oh. Um, but once you get past that, there it's it's just a boring <laughs> once episode you get past to talk the about. racism no, no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> not not that but once you talk about that uh-huh. yeah have, like 
it's a pretty slow, boring episode, and we we know it's bad. We want to recognize it as like an honorable mention uh, for the badness category, but we just thought Justice would have a lot more. Uh, we'd have a lot more fun making fun of it. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. but doesn't I mean. Uh, Gates McFadden, first off, that's a fantastic name um, of right? like a private eye or something. Uh, <laughs> but isn't she, I mean, is that the red-haired woman? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she comes, they fired her, but I mean, she remains, doesn't she? Yeah. She, she came back. She came oh, okay. back. Patrick Stewart specifically was like, you're hiring her back. And what they were a godsend like, oh, that man is. Okay. Right? He's amazing. And you're going to see her replacement in one of the other episodes, actually. Because yes, it's they, season oh. two. Yeah. Season two has no Dr. Crusher. Um, has Dr. Pulaski instead. And we have one episode. It's one of the best episodes of Star Trek that we've included on this list. So the, the, the two best episodes that we picked are... Like there are there are a lot of episodes that people are like, this is the best episode of Trek. This is the best episode of Trek. And these two are ones that Lauren and I specifically are like, we love these and these are important to us. Um, okay. But they're also considered to be some of the best episodes of TNG or Star Trek in general. Um, and the first one is called Measure of a Man. Um, it's season two. And this is a data episode. So this is like the the episode where uh data's like actually should i even not say it should i just not tell anything about it i just want you to watch it yeah just, yeah, let, just let us go in all, right. all i need to know is data all you need to know is about data and it's season two so it's very early on it's like skinny little beautiful patrick stewart <laughs> before he got what like before he got so so enormous oh, and hairy it's because he's still wearing the like onesie uniform and not oh. the the two-piece uniform so like it's he's, still like very form-fitting he's streamlined oh streamlined <laughs> yes yes cool. he didn't it's have gorgeous. to wear the shatner girdle uh, oh, oh god no <laughs> <laughs> You know that, like, I mean, everyone had to wear something to tuck stuff in. in oh, those yeah. Oh, those yeah. are not forgiving costumes uh, at all. Um, and then the next one is uh, a two-parter episode, which we cleared with you guys. That's it was approved. It was approved. Thank we will you. Watch more, for you, we'll watch more TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're so kind. <laughs> and it's called The Best of Both Worlds. And this is, like just some excellent action shit and beautiful storytelling and just Mm. Patrick Stewart just nailing it and like (laughs) I think you might have a crush on Patrick Stewart (laughs) your face says I'm overwhelmingly attracted to Patrick Stewart is what I'm getting out of it (laughs) (laughs) I mean when when I first started watching Star Trek I was like he's my dad and then when I was like you know a young adult I was like is he hot? <laughs> I, okay, I was know. I was like, is he my grandpa? Like I saw him and thought he <laughs> must be way older. And then yeah, it's like now the cast, some of the cast is younger than what I am now when they started yeah. the show. I mean, He's you're just- right. I thought I thought when I first watched TNG that Patrick Stewart is his current age now. No, right? yes. like, I, I <laughs> like I'm I, amazed by how because that that throws me off. I think when I was a kid, I was thrown off by Steve Martin, Patrick Stewart, anyone who had gray hair. I was just or like, no oh, they're hair. all like 70. Got it. Yeah. And then they just remained 70 as I grew up. Y'all should check out, um, if, if you can, I mean, I'm sure it's easy to find. Uh, they did a screen test uh, when 
he was first oh. cast on TNG and they gave him a hairpiece. Oh no. And the photo of him, first of all, it's like hilarious just to see Patrick Stewart with like a silly hairpiece on, but the face he's making in the picture is he's like why? It's like it's why? like putting a coat on a cat. <laughs> he's like get it. Just starts batting at it. Um was get it a full out. wig or was it just like a top like a toupee. It was like a thing. toupee. Oh. It was like a top piece with like it was just and it was like he deserves of, better than that. No, yeah, no, that's... it was it was dumb. It was very sweet though because eventually, uh, when people asked Gene Roddenberry like why is he bald, uh, Gene was like because nobody would care in the future. In the future, and also no one cries about their dead parents, and no one would care about bald people. <laughs> And there would be no conflict whatsoever. No conflict at all. And that's why this is a great show. It's very <laughs> relaxing. Yeah. It's like playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> but, in, but in space. But in space. With Patrick space. Stewart. <laughs> so before before we watch, um, I, I remember a Q episode where there's something with, uh, with Captain Picard's fake heart. Is that... Oh, oh, that is yeah. not this one. That's not. Do you this know one. what? Do you know what that one is? I want to watch that one. We is we don't have card. What's that? I believe it's tapestry season. Yeah, seven. it's tapestry. Mm-hmm. tapestry. Oh, ready to go. Yeah. Um, he has a fake heart already. Now I have so many questions. Yes, right? he has a fake heart. He yes. Because I mean, in the future we'd be bald and we would have fake hearts. Because why not? No, he okay. has he has an accident when he's uh, a cadet, and. Okay. He has to have his heart replaced. So I have some, I have Lauren's requests have come in. Do, 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 update. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> update from inside the house. Um, the requests are coming from inside. <laughs> um, Get out. She said, ship in a bottle. Oh. Fistful of datas. <laughs> that was on our list. <laughs> the inner light. Also uh, on that our was list. on our list too. Yeah, uh, and I actually did have fistful of datas for a while there for the silly one. Um, oh yes, ship in the bottle is one of my favorite episodes. Yes, yeah. yes. It's, I, I might mean, just have to, Damon. You're under no obligation to watch all these, but I might have to watch those as those well. three yeah. as um, well. Inner Inner Light won a Hugo Award, I think, yeah. and mm. a Peabody. Um, it Peabody. is it is a Peabody. It <laughs> it is. Generally considered to be the the best episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, um, it is. But didn't make your cut. Not, I mean, not good enough for you two. You guys are, <laughs> have limited time. We have. We didn't. We wanted to honestly. Let's see. Let me just look. How many episodes do we have on this list? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. We had eighteen episodes that we were trying to. Break down, whittle down, and then and then we have to consider balancing it with like right. measure of a man is a very talky court scene one, and then uh, best of both worlds is very actiony. I actually picked an upper another episode called the I Borg, oh, which is probably I my favorite. But we decided we couldn't have two Borg, Borg episodes, episodes yeah. and yeah, so it's and hard. I Borg might not make sense if you haven't seen Best of Both Worlds. It like, yeah, or, you know, it it it's not gonna like hit as hard if you don't see that one if you don't have the backstory the intense backstory inner light is one that you can kind of watch by itself okay um and i 
absolutely would recommend definitely watching it if you want to, because <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, and and the music in it is also mm. beautiful. So if you do want to watch them in, in series order, then the worst episode would be first, which I think yeah. is great. <laughs> let's do it. What's the quick rundown? Just uh, let's name the episodes once again so our audience knows what they need to catch up on yes. if they were so inclined. So we're going for the season one episode, season one, episode eight. It's called Justice. This is our bad pick. Um, Season two, episode nine, Measure of a Man. This is our good pick. Uh, Then season three, episode 26, and season four, episode one, Best of Both Worlds. This is good pick. And then dumb pick is season four, episode 20, Cupid. All right. Cupid. Yep. Well, you have all those coupons just hanging out there. I'm sure they were just like, well, we got to take all these. And this was also yeah. before anyone would know the titles of these shows. Like it was before, right. you know, <laughs> there was any means to know any of these. Yeah. But there's like, there's Q Who, there's Hide and Q. There's... <laughs> Please. Hide and Q, that's not even a, that's not, not even, even a, a thing. No, it's not. It's not. I just accepted it at first and I was like, wait, that's not a thing. Nope. Unacceptable. <laughs> Well, I'm excited. Who's writing these? <laughs> uh, well, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna watch uh, some episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's on it's on Netflix, right? right it's now? on yeah, Netflix. So. All Great. of Star Trek is on Netflix. You can watch all of it. Just all of it. All of it. Well, except oh, wow. for the new stuff that's on CBS All Access. But like Discovery. all of the yeah the original series, the animated series, Next Generation. DS9, Voyager, oh, yeah. and Enterprise are all on Netflix. And I think most of the movies are on Netflix, too. Wow. Mm, yeah. I didn't I know there was an so. animated I, I just actually, yeah. it's funny, all the original cast movies, I think, are, I couldn't find them on Netflix. I think I had to go oh, to Amazon Oh, maybe they're Prime. Amazon. Maybe they're on Amazon. Yeah. At least for now. Yeah. Well, you you can figure it out. You We're going to watch it out. <laughs> it's Sorry, everywhere. Guys. It's everywhere. You're familiar with the internet, no? <laughs> You're listening to a podcast, for Christ's sake. You'll figure it out. Okay, so watch along with us. We'll, we'll be back after this. All right, Warp nine. <laughs> Before we get into the episode proper... We have to do. Our, we love to do a little commercial for our our Patreon <laughs> Patreon page. Damon loves it more than anyone, and we're really good at it. More That's why I'm usually it. silent during it on the on the episodes. We're lucky enough. I'd say hashtag blessed enough to have a patron of our show on the show. Yes. Larissa, do you want to do you want to speak to your experience as yeah, give a us your testimony? Show? Like, what's it like for you getting all this bonus material? <laughs> and her name read aloud to her. Yeah. You ever heard your name before? <laughs> Every two weeks, you can hear your name. Larissa has chosen to have her actual name read. You can pick whenever you want. What do you want? That's the, the downside of being an early adopter is <laughs> you don't know what we're doing and you don't either. <laughs> Patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. We'll be your friend. 
Hey, listen, we are back and we watched Star Trek colon The Next Generation. And boy, did we watch it. Go, Larissa, <laughs> yes. Larissa, if you please, will you play us in, please? Starting at the intro, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> a final frontier. Are we joining in? Sure. You're having to keep up with her lungs. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going by my own tempo because <laughs> now we realize why no one can do Zoom concerts. <laughs> it's why no one sings that song at karaoke either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I always do. <laughs> it's a shame they cut out the rap. The rap bridge is is missing from most episodes. That's a shame. <laughs> this, is, this is what Jerry Goldsmith is known for: his rap bridges. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Vanilla Ice for some reason. <laughs> was a I have. Time. I, before we get into the episode summaries, Deej, if I yeah. can commandeer, I have some questions. I have some that, general questions too that I did not look up. I didn't I want to look up because I thought well, two oh reasons. It would be better to talk to the experts and two, to somewhat get revenge every time I sit down to watch Lord of the Rings and someone's like, <laughs> wait, what's a Maiar spirit again? So I thought I would ask you guys all my uh, questions I collected over the course of I have some, my I have some, This is great. Oh, yeah. I didn't know there would be a pop quiz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these are all, I think these are all very simple questions. Okay. Yeah. So don't, don't panic. Lauren, I don't think you should worry about whether you're going to know the answers to these okay. questions. <laughs> um, they're mostly of the the they're mostly structured with what's blank's deal. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, we know all of those answers. Yeah, I figured you would. Yeah. Um. So what's Troy's deal, Deanna? Troy's deal. Mm. Okay, Ooh, she's, I thought she was a human being, but then I got the feeling that she was not a human being. <laughs> she is half human. Ooh. Half betazoid. Okay. Uh, Sorry. The betazoid. <laughs> The Betazoid people can, uh, they have telepathy. They can speak to each other in their brains and of they course. can read people's minds. Uh, but she, because she's only half, she's empathic. So she can sense emotions and mm. feelings from people. Yeah. Cause we okay. actually just talked about this on a previous episode. Uh, it's interesting that she's sort of half Betazoid and half human, but we really think it was a way to sort of make sure that she couldn't just spoil the episode in the first right. five minutes. Right. <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah. she's only half Betazoid. Then she just gets like an impression, but she can't just be like, oh, this is what's going on. Solved it. Moving yeah. on. I mean, like, but I mean, like they made up the Betazoids, too. Like yeah, you you <laughs> sure. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> Why don't you just make you, them? You're the guys who pointed yourselves into this corner. <laughs> yeah, don't don't blame the audience. Yeah, they Wait, didn't did know they that, that they were making a, a mixed race uh, character that I would I would then want to become one day. I think that's mm. the reason I knew she was not here. I listened to your your tragic hybrids episodes, uh, yeah. and I knew. But then, like watching the episodes, I was like, how would I know she's not fully human? 
because she has black irises. That's what I was going to ask if she was wearing <laughs> if she was wearing oh. contacts or if she yeah. naturally I black didn't eyes. That. She yeah. did. She looked like she was in a Limp Biscuit video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. She's the prettiest person in the Limp Biscuit video. Okay, she, uh, my my turn. Go uh, ahead, by all means. Do we do all of the colors of the shirts mean something specific? Yes. What? I kind of know this. Because <laughs> <laughs> doctors, because Bones was Bones is blue and uh, Doctor Crusher's blue. That's like the medical officers, right? Medical okay. and science. Okay. And red, yeah. red shirts are Captain Captain also gonna, blue. Gonna die. Red, red is red on the original series was operations and expendable and expendable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And red in TNG and beyond is command. Okay. And gold or that greenish yellow color is operations. So engineering and security and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Good. This is great. <laughs> We're doing great. Um, and why, And does Wesley's Crusher sweater having all those colors, does that matter at all? <laughs> Actually, that's on purpose. Is it? Uh, I'm going to be the costume dork, but that was just like a little thing they did just for fun. But yeah, it's like he has all the colors. Because he could be anything. His future exactly. is so bright. Potential. Aww. The rest Aww. is still unwritten. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Natasha Bedingfield was talking about. She was writing about Wesley Crusher. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's true. Um, where? Okay. What's Guinan's deal? Guinan is a bartender. Yeah. And she, her Whoopi. planet was killed by the Borg. Yeah. She seemed kind of chill about them being around, though, even though she was like, when she dropped the, oh, yeah, and they killed my entire planet, I was like, well, you seem kind of just relaxed about them just <laughs> being was, around. Yeah. I thought you'd go through some sort of traumatic episode, be triggered weird, or anything. That was weirdly not the first thing you brought up. <laughs> da, 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 you you charged me my tab. I noticed that. That was the first thing you brought up. Uh, you yeah. brought me the wrong drink. Um, yeah, so Guinan is... Uh, I can't remember if we do. We actually know the name of her species ever, Lauren. If we do, I actually have forgotten. Q yeah. calls her an imp. I mean, Q rude. calls Q's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was him uh, being rude. Yeah, that was Q being rude. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Imps might be a race in this universe. I don't know. We don't. It does. It could I'm be dickish. Uh, but she's rude. supposed to be like <laughs> like potentially thousands of years old, which is uh, maybe a reason why she's just like, yeah. I mean, they destroyed my planet. I'm a thousand years old. It was a long time ago. I got over it. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of therapy. <laughs> yes, yeah. and, and she's always she's always kind of the the you know wise. I mean, it's fitting that she's the bartender, right? Right. Because, yeah, and they they kind of allude to the fact that she and Picard especially have this sort of relationship. How do they put it? Like beyond friendship, beyond. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. they actually, they <laughs> drop like little breadcrumbs here and there, but there's never like an episode that's like, this is why they're so close. Yeah, it's just, Guinan's <laughs> a, a mystery so in just, a lot of ways. Do they have a relationship outside the ship? Did they have one before they got on the ship? Uh, well, there is mm. an episode, there's an episode where they, yeah. Yesterday's Enterprise, right? No, no, sorry. Which one is it? It's what's it called? Well, it's Time Zero. Time right? Zero. Time Zero. Yeah, mm. is it's a two parter where they go into how they met, and it's oh yeah. I feel like DJ's Lauren would be a fan of that episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll have to. Okay, I'm actually gonna write that down because we. I she, feel like she likes <laughs> notes. 
I just, feel like Damon would have a lot of problems with <laughs> with one particular actor in that. Oh no! Episode. Oh no! Who? I love hating things. There is an actor in that episode who plays uh, Mark Twain. <laughs> is it Val Kilmer? No, it's it's a guy who literally like made his whole career doing Hal Hol- a one man show. Is it Dixie Carter's husband, Hal Holbrook? Is that him? It might Hal be. Holbrook? Let's look Hal it up. Because you Are might you- remember him from Designing Women, DJ. Yeah, and <laughs> and dying in, uh... on Designing Women. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, uh, but uh... his his uh, his voice and verbal inflections are a lot. <laughs> Wait, um, why? Why is Mark Twain there? I mean, I know I just survived a Robin Hood episode, but yeah, we're not going to tell you Mark why. Why is Mark Twain there? <laughs> we're not going to tell time you travel. Why. It's Fine. a time travel episode. Obviously, is it, literally, is it literally Mark Twain is on the goddamn Enterprise? Yeah, for a while. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Chris Martin, what are you doing here? What a ludicrous statement. <sighs> uh, I have a follow-up. Do we know, okay. this is a little bit more on the actor side. Like, do we know how Whoopi Goldberg ended up on this show? Ooh. Like, it's bizarre in retrospect. Like, Cause she's, great. Her prime. she's great. I say, I think Whoopi should be, especially this era, like prime Whoopi should be in every yeah. show. Uh, okay, prime so. Whoopi. <laughs> Whoopi prime, Whoopi prime, sorry. Yeah, Excuse me. Whoopi prime. Excuse me. Whoopi prime. <laughs> 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 Whoopi one, Whoopi two. Whoop, uh, Whoopi is on Star Trek because Whoopi was like, put me on Star Trek. Nice. So she was she was a big fan of the original series. She saw Nichelle Nichols on the show and she was like, look, a black woman who's not a maid. This is a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, when the new show started, she was friends with LeVar Burton and she called him and she was like, how do I get on this show? So did she, she, come, on the she show. came on later in the, she, like in the second season? Second season, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, so uh, she was really famous already at the time. Yeah. Like, this is like peak like acting career Whoopi Goldberg. And uh, if I remember this correctly, she called LeVar Burton and he was like, okay, I can get you a meeting with Gene. And then she had a meeting with Gene Roddenberry and he was like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you want to be on this? (laughs) Do you want to be on Star Trek? And so she told him. So he created the role of Guinan for her and actually created the whole set of 10 Forward, the bar for her character. That's pretty cool. It's pretty great. If that story makes me happy. Thanks for letting me tell that story, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I would tell it. We are a pro whoopee podcast. I think that's clear. I think that's been yeah. made clear. I think we've yep. been very strongly pro whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> My She's opponent's gonna back. tell you that I'm anti whoopee, but I am <laughs> DJ Phillips. Not right, Whoopi, not right for Whoopi Goldberg, not right for America. <laughs> Do you have another question, Damon? I do. Um, This is just like a technicality because I don't think we... um, So in the first season episode we watched, there's uh, Tasha Yar. And then in the second season or the the data episode we watched, he has a crystal that contains her image, which of course makes perfect sense. Why would they have picture frames in the future? They would have a crystal that houses three-dimensional images. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. What happened to Tasha Yar? Okay, should I, I got the impression start? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Larissa, can I'll you take... handle this, please? It's very. I got the impression okay. it was. First of all, rough. interesting fact: that's actually Bing Crosby's granddaughter. 
the singer. A rags to riches story. Yeah, yeah a real riches <laughs> to riches story. She, basically what happened is after season one, and Larissa will probably be able to tell me more. There was, um, I feel like there's a few different stories, but one is that she just felt like the show wasn't a good fit, that she wasn't getting enough meaty storylines. So she was written off the show and she was killed. Um, yeah, they just were like, Bye. Although they still found ways to bring the actress back in other episodes as like her Romulan half daughter or like <laughs> it's time travel. So she's yeah. back. She another thing I heard actually was that um, she left the show to do the wife in the original Pet Cemetery. Oh. So that's her. Um, OK. Yeah. So that's another reason, like the timing of it. She decided that it was time to, to jump ship starship and then like try movies. Um, yeah. So she's killed by a big oil slick. <laughs> and then <laughs> what you miss is that in the second episode, um, all the casts or the, the crew is drunk because of this space virus. <laughs> and she goes to data and basically she's like, you're a walking sex toy. So they're intimate. And that's probably the scene you're thinking about in one of the episodes where he mentions like, we are intimate. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, appropriate. So, yeah. Yeah. So my next, our next question is, uh, is very broad. So I, I don't know what the prime directive is. Oh, Uh, I actually cheated and looked that one up because Tyler kept asking, would you like to tell him? Me? Yes, yeah. I want to hear Damon's. Uh, I was a little confused. I was a little confused based on how that episode played out, and we can get into that. Oh, but how yeah. justice played out? Oh, it's because they don't learned- follow it. <laughs> <laughs> right? They just like we can't break this rule. Bring the lady aboard the ship. Let's <laughs> do it. But let's. Bring, I mean, that's you know. It, okay. Yeah. I first learned about it in um, the the really annoying Star Trek movie with the Star Trek babies, Star Trek Into Darkness, um, where they are on that very primitive planet and um, they weren't supposed to interfere with that planet's natural progression because there's a volcano that's going to go off. But I think just in general, if you encounter a primitive um, race or species on a planet, you aren't supposed to, like, you can't... um, you can't like interfere. inform them about space travel. You can't like interfere unless they've like already reached that sort of scientific plane. You can't jumpstart their their. Uh, you can't just come in and give them a cure for cancer or something, or teach them yeah. how to launch the a way, rocket into space. The way it's defined is like a any sort of pre warp civilization. So if oh, they've right. discovered, you know, that ability to then then it's like okay, you're you're in the club, and anything before that, yeah, you're not supposed to kind of. Uh, pull the curtain back and and show the you know the man behind the curtain. You're supposed to be pretty, pretty secretive. Which actually, Larissa and I were talking about in the episode of Justice. It was like, wait a minute, this is a pre warp civilization. So and they why just pop they... in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so actually, that's like a big flaw of that episode. But then it, they also can't it's the interfere only with flaw, their laws, really. either, right? <laughs> yeah, what they all, yeah they also have to respect the laws and culture of. Of you know whoever they're they're hanging out with, so every everything in that episode is wrong. Let's let's, <laughs> let's get into it. So we're we're talking about uh, Justice season one episode eight or seven on Netflix because they combo yeah. they combo yeah. a lot of the two parters. Mm-hmm. Um, would love to give a recap of this one. Please myself. go for it. Oh, I'm uh, so excited to hear other people recap Star Trek. 
the away team visits a planet of sexy Swedish whites. Uh, it seems <laughs> it seems perfect, but they find out every crime gets a death sentence. Meanwhile, the Enterprise also encounters a ghostly vessel in orbit. Ooh, good job. Well Thank done, Deej. I, I wrote these out because I was like, I'm not going to remember. I So just a little bit of a side note here. Uh, my Lauren, my wife Lauren, is a like wanted to watch every single episode. <laughs> so I have watched the required four episodes and then an additional like 90 episodes. <laughs> like extra credit, basically. Yay. Yeah, extra credit. Basically, you should, you should be answering my questions. Good DJ. luck, Damon, is what I'm questions. saying. Okay, well, first of all, DJ, I like the fact that you said Swedish because my my husband Keith and I just said Aryan. Um, so yeah, that, yes. that might be because of the Jewish background in our family. But yes, yeah, same. I, like, I also literally have written here white Aryan fit aliens. I yeah. wrote. Um, it's eerie. First off, I called this place Moose Knuckle Island because the men's <laughs> little tunics were obscene. Um, I also said it was the land of beautiful women and average men. Oh, yeah. I'm so, you can always tell when there's a straight guy in charge, it's like beautiful women with like someone's dad as like the the beautiful man. I'm like, what is this garbage? Yep. Yep. Running around in little tunics. All the women have like beautiful muscle tone. Mm Mm-hmm. And And the men... They've got yeah. that like sort of Californian guy who's sort of gone to seed. Sort of things are starting to shift yeah. downward. And like, like he used to work oh, out in college, and, and he just some, can't, couldn't find the time anymore. A yeah. little ring of, of kids fuzzy now. hair around uh, the belly button. Oh, <laughs> which is oddly visible with little missing cutout, little triangular <laughs> cutout in there. Even oh, their law offensive. enforcement. Yeah. Oh, do, do you one of you guys want to attempt to describe to the listeners what the is it the Edo people? See, I'm yeah, yeah. So they're the, yeah. the Edo race. Edo. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the planet, but it's the Edo race. Rubicon um, three. Yeah, I'd love to hear you guys try to describe to your listeners what these costumes are like. Also, I'll just add that I my notes say Miss Piggy hair. Like yes, yes. Like yes. very yes. Miss Piggy, but Muppets take Manhattan Miss Piggy. Yeah. I have yes. I have wigs written in all caps and bold. Just so much curly blonde <laughs> hair on uh, the majority of the women. But yeah, I want to hear you guys actually try to describe the outfits. It's very 1987 it was... Dolly Parton wig. Like <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and ringlets. Um, the Ring law enforcement, they're, they're, they sort of have like little triangular um, cowls that they are wearing that then like meet right at the very tippy tip at their, right below their chest. And then they have a little triangular bottom part as well. It's <laughs> stupid. It's the stupidest clothes I've ever seen. <laughs> and everybody else don't... has these outfits too. Yes. I, I wrote, they look like shitty Project Runway half ball gowns. <laughs> Yeah, they they like gave them uh you know uh tunics from ancient Greece and were like make it work. Oh, yeah. You have <laughs> to you have to create an outfit for an orgiastic planet. Go yes. make it work. Thank you, thank you, mood. Um, I also wrote I'll that cut out act- triangles. Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I'll just sew the very tips of them together. Mm-hmm. Just Good job. The tips. Um, the teenagers that Wesley goes to hang out with are the oldest teenagers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think one of them was my age. He was the hairiest teenager I've ever seen. 
And they have like those weird V-neck pants. Yes. Did anybody notice that? The V-waist pants. It was like Britney Spears' um, I'm a Slave for You low-rise. It absolutely was. A low-rise diaper. I like when, I like when in the, they like, oh, this has to be in the future. And they like, it's like in Battlestar Galactica, they have paper, but all the paper just has the corners cut off. It was like, guys, (laughs) you can just use paper. It's fine. We know it's the future. This is not going to. Like some that, poor prop master had to cut off the corners of every fucking piece of paper they yes, used on that show. It's the same thing. They're like, they're that. tunics, but triangles cut out. It's like, can we just do tunics, guys? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we get, we get it. We sometimes, get it. sometimes design like that is just like that would be impractical. Are you even thinking about like how they were? No, no. Okay. Our tunic technology <laughs> is light years ahead of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the the future people, our heroes, are in baby onesies. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't talk out of school too much about the tunics. <laughs> Although um, I do like how there's varying degrees of skimpiness depending on what the actors were comfortable with. Right. And then I didn't know if you guys noticed during one of the more intense scenes, they just like put a random older person. Like there's just yes. suddenly a grandma who's in the same weird cutout tunic. Yes. Grandma's like to play. Just to be like, yeah, there are older people, but but we're not going to show them on camera. That lady, right. I've always. <laughs> but she has like the grandma version. It's like we're not giving her the really short shorts. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. like, Why not? <laughs> she doesn't have a belly keyhole. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Damon, <laughs> uh, was... you were going to say something. Sorry, I was just going to say um, the the god part of the. It felt like these were. These were two episodes that just sort of got stapled together. And they were like, we got this idea for this god-like creature that's like hanging out outside a primitive planet. And we've got this plan to have a bunch of scantily clad people running around around, and implying they're just basically fucking all the time. Um, I don't know how to work this together, but I'm just going to do it however I want and figure out a way to do it. Fucking and jogging and fucking (laughs) and Why walk when you can jog in your little (laughs) tunic of all things? Yeah, so usually there's a start in Star Trek, there's a an A story and a B story, like some, you know, formats were during that. And this is um it works it works better sometimes than others. I think that's the nice way to put it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if we should explain to your listeners like what the B story is with the the ship that they discover. Yeah, well, so they have, there's a a ship that's outside, um, that's rotating around this planet. And I guess it's neither here nor there, (laughs) for lack of a better way. I mean, it's sort of through, and um, only Geordi can sense it. And then I guess they they turned on their high beams, and then they could see part (laughs) of (laughs) it. It's made of fog, so it makes sense. And it sends what I wrote, I wrote the abyss, because it sends like this uh, abyss-like creature (laughs) onto the ship, which short-circuits data. I was also confused because Dr. Wesley or Dr. Crusher, um, she she uh, helps data. And I thought that IT would come and help data. Yeah. I but have that I written she... down as a <laughs> me too. I didn't know that. Also, data uses contractions in this episode. There's a lot going on. Oh, does that, he not use that... contractions? No, no, he doesn't. But he does in this episode. We're still working out the kinks. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so we find out that the Edo worship this 
ship outside that that orbits their planet as a god, like a godhead type thing. And uh, when Picard breaks the Prime Directive, that was the main thrust of this episode, um, and takes one of the Edo on board the Enterprise so that she can identify it. I don't know what the purpose of bringing her on there um, was. And I also want to say, while we were there, I found that the Enterprise is decorated like a 90s mini mall meets a Victorian insane asylum. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot of rounded corners and a lot of padded rooms. I have said in the past, it's like the lobby of like a Hilton in, in yes. like 1998. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lots of planters. <laughs> a lot of planters. A lot of rose, like muted yeah. pinks. Yes. Um, I bet it smells like a Cinnabon. <laughs> They pump well, that one in, actually. <laughs> yeah, they pump that through the air filtration. <laughs> Very soothing to a, to the crew. I also uh, noticed that they have a that Picard had a poster of space in his room. <laughs> it's a successories poster. It makes sense. <laughs> um, it's actually a magic it's a, eye. I thought it was a. It's a snapshot from one of his vacations. <laughs> ah, yes, this specific star formation. I love it. <laughs> Uh, I think this this episode, I mean, let's get, it's a bad episode, but it does set up like three specific things for me that like moving forward. One is that all of the, like not to go too far into it, but all of the action is very disappointing in this show. <laughs> not, they're not stunt, uh, stunt people doing, well, they probably are, but I mean like it, the stunts are not, uh, the most impressive. And so this definitely sets the tone for that because every time there's like a little tussle, it's like, it's like two uh, gangly teenagers fighting over the last Snickers bar or something. It's yeah. very like, eh, I'm going to tell mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two, uh, the, it, um, they're, they're always like, I feel like this happened several times, and I have watched more than the required episode, so I don't remember which one. We get you know, it. You watched more than you were I'm required. not saying I'm an expert. I'm just saying I watched a lot of TV this week. Um, but it's the Edo God thing, that whole storyline of them finding this cage. They they do tend to be like, there's this mystery, and then they like kind of solve it, and then they just never speak of it again. They're like, okay, well, on to the next place. And it's yeah, kind of like, me. wait, what was the deal with that? Because that's kind of interesting. An interdimensional creature that like seeded life on this planet. We're not going to, no? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I believe even the last line of the episode was, I hope we could learn, I was hoping we could learn more about it. I yelled, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminded me the most, I mean, it reminded me a lot of, of the the small smattering of bits I've seen of the original series of just like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, look at this mysterious thing we've found. Well, gotta go. It just felt very um, underbaked. It felt very uh, half-assed, maybe even. Well, and I think it is also indicative of like, you know, late 80s, early 90s TV of like, if they're going to do an arc, it's the two-story arc, but they're not they're not doing like season yeah. arcs. And we talked a little bit about that right. I think, at the beginning of the episode. It's like, it's yeah. very episodic. So there is like a a motivation to be like, well, I don't know. And then- yeah. But it also, I uh, would say, you guys brought it up. Um, don't bite off more than you can chew they don't really start doing that until or or uh uh, doing arcs until ds9 like they they do little 
teensy ones here and yeah. there yeah. in TNG. Like they do bring like after we, we we'll talk about best of both worlds, but they do actually go into like the the trauma that Picard experiences after that with with yeah. an episode. So they they do bring stuff back eventually, but that's not until like later. Like at least the first four seasons, there's yeah. not much. It's just it's really just like in and out single episodes reset right back and, right. and like how many times on our podcast Lauren have I been like are we gonna talk about this ever again this was a thing nope okay nope yeah. well, <laughs> and, and if, no and no well and if they do bring it back it's a character beat which is I think yeah. fine. and I think yeah. if you're gonna air one way or the other that's probably the safer thing to do is like character development what does this mean to Picard but like I, I'm like a sci-fi nerd I want to know about these Edo god people like so uh it's it's a little frustrating but I, I mean I get the practical yeah. side of it but and they are doing that with the new series like the right. new star trek series they're going back to a lot of that stuff and re-examining it and okay and getting deeper into it like they do that specifically with the borg in picard in the new picard series yeah. like they really get deep into the borg and they did that also on voyager too with the borg but um like you know it this is it's this is early yeah well and to be right. to be completely <laughs> fair to the show like I'm, I'm that I think is a, a more modern what TV watching sensibility of like expecting like if yeah. you're going to set this up, then it pays off later in a yeah. arc sort of situation as opposed yeah. to just in that episode. This and was like, not meant to be binged. Right. They do. They do superficially yeah. resolve it. They're like, well, everyone's OK. So let's go. Yeah, we got to go. Um, I do think I was expecting this to be super bad and I didn't hate it as much. I just thought the latter half was just. Uh, that just started skirting issues that it sounded like it really wanted to bring up, like it wanted yeah. to talk about the death penalty and and yeah. justice. Yeah. yeah, hence why they named it that. Yeah. Um, but then it was just like, ah, we gotta, we gotta run. We can't just be doing all this stuff all the time. Yeah, it's um, like, oops, we spent too much time on this like pseudo high school makeout scene, so we don't have enough time to right? talk about capital punishment. Yeah, <laughs> and we haven't even mentioned the whole reason they have to get in this. You know, problem with the prime directive is because Wesley accidentally steps on flowers and then like that's <laughs> sentenced crime. to death. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that he did his ago. own stunt though. <laughs> I'm, I, don't know. I don't DJ, know. edit your comments take, out about stunts. I take it back <laughs> when you do this episode. But I was watching this with Keith, and he's he's not like a, a big Star Trek fan, but he will watch TNG with me. Um, and he said. I understand this is ridiculous. Like the costumes are ridiculous. The whole like Playboy Mansion in space, and it's a really weak ending. And he, but he said, I'm still entertained. And I think that goes back to what we said, kind of when we introduced this episode, is that there are like episodes that are just bad, like gouge my eyes out bad. But I think we thought this one would be at least a little a little bit more meaty for us to talk about. I don't know, Larissa, right. like what do you what do you think? Yeah, like like we said earlier, like we weren't going to show you like the 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 most racist TNG episode that ever existed that now has gone down in like the folklore of the franchise as like the worst thing ever. Like we're not going to ask you to watch that because we are not going to watch. What's that the name bullshit. of that episode though? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Code of Honor, and Ooh. it is horrible. Um, but but like there aren't really. I mean, aside from episodes like Justice, there aren't really episodes that are like, uh. Aside from, you know, Code of Honor, that's like just 
throw it away. Like there aren't any episodes that are like, there's nothing to take away from it. You no, I thought I mean? this one just took more than it could do in a in a 45-minute slot. Yeah. I, yeah. I do want to talk about Wesley and Beverly um, Crusher in a more overall way because Wesley, yeah. well, first off, I was surprised by how I did not hate Wesley. I was really waiting for him to like become like the precocious kid, like Olivia on the Cosby show or something where oh. I was just like, oh, shut up. Um, but he never got that point, at least maybe not in the episodes we watched. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did like... He brought up something that I didn't think about, and I'm sure the show somewhat deals with this, in that he is the child of one of the crew members. And I mean, these these people, you know, go on five-year missions. And I mean, at least in the, the original series was part of the intro, was we're on a five-year mission. And because the, the, those uh, crew members, for the most part, aside from Ahura, were all men, uh, and it was made in the 60s, no one thought about, well, what about their families? Do they have families? Do they have wives? Do they have children? And uh, it was interesting that Wesley is here as as his mom is on this mission. And it made me think, like, are there other kids on the Enterprise? Is there a whole school? Are there, like, Lower Decks children? Yeah, yeah. There, there actually is, like, a classroom. And, like, there's a... We were talking, Larissa and I, about how, like, there's a bartender on the Enterprise. It's, like, a small city and right. yeah and yeah. That, that sometimes there are comes civilians play. On, yeah there are civilians on on the ship there yeah. are there are whole families That's there are like people giving birth on the ship and and stuff and everyone's like we know what we got into and we brought our kids on the sh- on the ship there there yeah, are it, there are episodes about like what happens to a kid if if their parent who who is in starfleet dies in the line of duty mm-hmm. there's like there are actually a couple episodes about that yeah this made me uncomfortable in the way that the movie Nell makes me uncomfortable. There was a lot of like, <laughs> cl- t- like weird touching and a lot of like weird looks. And Riker is weird. Like Jonathan Frakes is a weird actor. He's, He's off so weird. And this like it gets like you get kind of used to his weirdness. But like this is the first you know time I've sort of re- rewatched it, and I'm like, he's a strange he makes strange choices i you know what i think it is i think uh, and this is my own you know fan-made history for this character is like he's a late bloomer like he was probably like really geeky and specky when he was a kid and then he got like handsome when he was older but he never got that social the social cues really right down pat i speak from experience and so like he just (laughs) he always has like sort of a leery feeling i'm like dude but just back off all right like that episode we watched later with Vosh where he just sees her and just like, ugh, smiling at her. I'm like, dude, leave the lady alone. She's on a tour of the ship. <laughs> I feel like you have a lot to say about uh, this. No, that's, I mean, when you said that, I was like, you know what? I also noticed this. <laughs> no, I, I did mean, not I put like, it into words. I was, I was speaking to our guests. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes more sense that you would have more to say. You can't see that I'm speaking to her square. They've def- they definitely like were trying to make Riker a a more Kirk like yeah. playboy kind of yeah character and actually Frakes has said that like he wished that that uh Riker could have been Polly or Bi because it would have been it would have like been cooler for his character and he would have not maybe not come off as such a womanizer and more of just like like enjoying yeah enjoying enjoy. people's company and and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Enjoying people's company. It does sound like that's better. I don't think it's now we just creepy to everybody. I don't know. Yeah, he's just now he's just creeping on everybody. 
He's what just like a you? pickup artist. It feels like he like yeah. read that read a book on picking up women, and it's like, okay, dude, you're making it weird for Stop everyone. Hey, We're all stuck here for five years. The least you can do is not make it weird. <laughs> Although I have to say, Larissa and I were talking, kind of skipping ahead a little bit to uh, yeah. Best of Both Worlds, but Larissa and I were texting uh, about um, Shelby. Like, eventually, one of the questions I have for you is just the way the women, especially the guests, we watched a lot of episodes with guests actors like female guest actors and i'm curious especially since you guys deal with so much in the 80s and 90s like how you felt star trek did but i actually i took notes on this this was a thing i noticed yeah because um, with shelby and um, best of both worlds with the blonde curly hair i had Jane Austen thought, i had the thought that um if you had put a man in that role uh, like it would have perfectly worked as well and, um, you know, they never got like awkward. Oh, it's because she's a woman or any sort of like weird tension between Riker and her. It was just that she was an over enthusiastic up and comer and stepping yeah. on his toes. Yes, and I, I, I did appreciate that. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop with her character just because of when this was made. So I was waiting for her to be like sort of villainized. And I was surprised by how well they handled her character and that she was not portrayed as like, oh, well, she's really ambitious. There's something up. Um, And it wasn't because I thought she was villainous. I was just like, didn't have enough faith in the show to be like, (laughs) oh, you're going to make this. She's going to like rip off a mask and she's going to be a Borg or something. And we're going to find out she was the villain the whole time because she's too too ambitious mm-hmm. and she speaks her mind, but no, it wasn't that. I think you're absolutely right. If it was played by a man, um, well, if it was played by a man, I wouldn't have referred to her as not, not quite Glenn Close, but otherwise. <laughs> she does um, look like Glenn Close. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. She has a Glenn Close vibe, yeah, especially for that does. period. She does, um, yeah. But otherwise, I mean, it would, I think, yeah, the, those scenes would play exactly the same way. It wasn't that she was, she was, she wasn't that she was a bitch. It was that was exactly. she, she yeah. was. Ambitious, right. and she and and I think it also played well in the, um, the Riker thing of like, why are you still here, man? You're you're doing fine. <laughs> go go get a ship of your own. Go get a ship. Go get a. Which also ship. does some like meta narrative stuff of like, wait, why is he still here? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's because got his own ship. Is so what is he cool. still doing here? It's because the Enterprise. No, it's I know because the Enterprise is the best ship. But also, you don't want to be like kicking ship. off people off the show left and right. Also that. Also That's he why Tim Riggins went to high school for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to move on to uh, Measure of a Man? Oh yes. Yeah. So okay. you guys, this is like... So I, I'll just say before we talk about it that when I was watching this this week, Dan walked into the living room and he was like, how many fucking times can you watch this episode? <laughs> <laughs> he seems great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's right. I've seen it a lot. He was like, "Did you even need to rewatch this episode?" Why didn't you just like, recite it in your sleep? No, I didn't have to, but I wanted to. I think maybe we're on the same page. This this is my favorite one of the ones that we are required right. to watch. You you want to recap this one, Dames? Uh, you know I will. Um, <laughs> so uh, in this one. Oh, you know what? I didn't review all my uh, my uh, wow. plot devices. But in this one, um, Dr. Maddox, who I refer to as Space Steve Miller. Um, we said Steven Space Miller, not Steve Miller. We said um, Space Adam Levine. Ooh. Ooh. More hair than Steven Miller, but more smirky than Adam Levine. Um, yeah, he looks definitely. like a, a pre-California tattoo Adam Levine. <laughs> uh, he he comes on board the uh, for a tour of the Enterprise and um, wants to... Um, 
analyze data, essentially. He yes, wants to look simple. into, take him apart and see how he works. Um, which data doesn't want to submit to, um, but because data is technically considered property of Starfleet, he decides to resign from his post. Um, but again, there's a trial claiming that he can't necessarily do that because he's not a sentient being, at least, uh, or I may not be phrasing that right, but there's a trial. I always love a trial um, where uh, Riker, even though he doesn't want to, where he believes in... in um, uh, data's self-determination he has to play prosecutor and and argue for for the fact for the federation or for the for starfleet and picard decides to defend data's uh autonomy and uh in the end uh, after a humiliating trial what i would call a hu humiliating trial from both sides um they determine that that data has the right to his own self-determination and is not uh merely an object but uh a being do we know did did Data join Starfleet voluntarily? Yes. You know this? Yeah, that, that they they yes. they talk about that. I had this uh, this was one of my overall questions but I saved it for this. What's Data's deal? So, <laughs> so this, um I guess does this take place in relation to the original? Is it 100 years later? Is how how far apart are the two? Uh I thought it was something like 80 years. Okay. Almost 100 years. I knew there was a, a fair gap between them, so I just assumed that technology had progressed and then we got we've got data's le running left, right, and center. But um, data apparently is a unique creature created by yes. a doctor soon, Doctor Noonien Soong. Um, so what's going on there? <laughs> I, imagined, <laughs> I imagined a sort of Edward Scissorhands like relationship with Vincent Price, where 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 uh, Soong died and. Uh, took his secrets with him on how to create droids. And that's why Stephen Miller wants to take him apart. Yeah, it kind of is that way in a mm -hmm. way. Yeah, because because Soong is... Well, at this point, Soong is actually not dead. He's just gone oh. and nobody knows where he is. Mm. Uh, um, right? Does he come back and is who plays them? Brothers? Is this after Brothers? I thought this was before Brothers. I'm not sure. Well, DJ, did you watch Brothers? <laughs> no, we didn't watch that one. <laughs> oh, no, no, you might be right. I think this is after Brothers. So he's dead. Yeah, I thought they referred to him as dead. Or that's, <laughs> so he's, that's the so he, he is dead. Um, he he uh, the the man who built Data is an he was an expert in cybernetics, and he was kind of like rogue and like went off onto this this planet by himself and built these androids and was was sort of separated from the federation and nobody really knew he was like a, a reclusive weirdo um so was all he a of big... his sorry. oh sorry go ahead all of all of his uh research and stuff is just sort of sort of just lives in data yeah he's just like he was an independent creator basically yeah mm. a job creator um <laughs> he was a job creator <laughs> He was he a big Halloween fan because Data looks uh, like the spitting image of Michael Myers, <laughs> which was a Captain Kirk mask. <laughs> it's it true. all comes full circle. Oh my God. I um, didn't know that because I hate horror movies. Did I, I, mean, I don't? I've never seen it. I just know. Yeah, me that, too. That factoid. Yeah. Did they they give him that gold tinged skin on purpose or because they mastered hair really well? Mm -hmm. But the skin, the sallow skin. Um, yeah. seems like a misfire. You're it asking, gets... did they do that on accident, Damon? I think <laughs> I'm talking about the show. I'm, 
no, I'm talking about Dr. Soon. Oh, okay. You, in universe. I was like, yeah. I, I know why they did it on the show. Like, he has to look like an android for fuck's sake. That's a really good question, actually, because Lauren, he does eventually make Juliana yes. and she like looks. So he there. We discover more Soongian and or or a couple more Soongian androids later on. And one of them like looks it looks very human and has tear ducts and like her skin like nobody knows that she's an android and not even like, her she doesn't even know she's an android blade runner yeah it's it is very it's it's very blade runner um origami <laughs> but but like i don't i don't really know like i so there's no real answer for like was he did he not know how to do that yet like make uh, them look realistic or not. I was just being oh. catty, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're asking Trekkies though. <laughs> I do have a story though about that. Um, okay. Please. It's it's more of a production story. I think they just, you know, wanted to do some visual hint. But right. uh and they tried everything. If you look online, there's tests of him being bubblegum pink and like battleship gray. And they landed on this color. And I, I think Brent Spiner, the actor who played him, even said like why wouldn't he just have like normal skin? And Gene Roddenberry's comment was, well, how do you know what data has isn't better than skin? Right. Um, so kind of going back to like the whole bald comment yeah. uh, with Patrick Stewart's character about like, well, why why would people be bald in the future? And it's like, well, in the future, nobody cares. Right. Um, it was it was kind of, yeah, explained away. But he does have an evil twin who looks, who's why basically Brent Spiner, full asshole mode you know yeah so that's pretty fun that seems good i think Brent spiner could do that it's very fun <laughs> I, I really like all the lower episodes they're very fun yeah it, 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 like every question kind of makes you want to watch that episode you know what i mean like where do they explain mm -hmm. like is there there's very clearly a backstory with uh i, I put jag off what is her name <laughs> She's the JAG oh, officer, like, and I wrote oh, JAG yeah. off. Oh, yeah. JAG off. Okay, that's why I put JAG off. I was like, what? That can't be her name. The her JAG name officer. is Philippa Lavoie. Yeah. And yeah. she oh. is played by an actress named Amanda McBroom, who is also a songwriter and wrote The Rose <gasps> for Bette Midler. Wow. Because I looked, she looked familiar, but I tried, to look, I tried to look her up, and I could not recognize anything she had been in. Uh, I just, I stopped reading after I saw she wrote The Rose. <laughs> you just blacked out and woke up just a few I was minutes like, ago. Yeah, it was. Every music teacher in America is like, hey, Damon, we're going to be singing this again. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. I uh, loved it. So, yeah, because so there's clearly a history be between her character and Picard. Is that show in the show or is that just. No. Okay. Because it, it was a little bit. Like it was clearly a character building, but it made me wonder is like, am I supposed to know about this? It was a little too vague for me because I'm like, they just keep referencing this thing that now it feels like I'm supposed to know. Oh, see, yeah. I got I got that it was like it was vague enough that they were just dancing around something and you could put the pieces together. Although when I saw the Vosh episode in the Robin Hood thing, I was yeah. like, Oh, there's something here. I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, there yeah. is another episode. Because they just acted like I was supposed to know who she was. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, she is actually from another episode. Right. But but uh, Lavoie is not. She's just. Maybe they're just being there. a little heavy handed with the references to it. So like if you say a couple times and like make reference to it, then you're like, OK, they're just building this rapport that they have. 
But they said it so much that I probably, because there was a commercial break in the original thing, and it was like, remember <laughs> this history that you forgot about between the Budweiser yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like, and you're but I'm just like, much. wait, what, wait, what? Yeah. And anyway, it was just yeah. being, being dumb. But she ends up being the, the judge of this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really interesting that. It it does happen in, I guess, in a lot of shows, but they like, she, it seems like she's making up these rules and then being like, these are the rules. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it it sounds like religion when they're like, like, I mean, you all have to go to hell unless you do this thing that I also made up. You're like, what? (laughs) You made it up. (laughs) Jesus has to die for your sins, even though he's the one who's the arbiter of the sins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they try to write it away a little bit by yeah, yeah. by like saying that she it's it's sort of like a frontier law code yeah and and she doesn't have a staff yet and it's so everything's so new and like they're just to get our our main characters who we love in these difficult positions sure I thought it was kind of interesting I'm actually have two minds about it I thought it was interesting that that Frakes um, or Riker played the the prosecutor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, he played that role, and there wasn't any confusion or like weird made-up drama that uh, Data misunderstood what his role was. That he was just, you know, doing his his assigned part. Um, I thought that was like very um, adult. It was adult and like expecting the audience to like being able to follow along. Like we're not idiots. We don't need like this sort of like canned pre-made drama. But then I was also like, well, why did we force this? Why did we force this sort of awkwardness of Frakes having to play the prosecutor role? In terms of like the story, I was like, well, then why are we forcing him to do this? I kind of feel personally that it's it's just another way to set up that Data is a person. Mm-hmm. Like right. that the the that here's another person who's his friend. And that's more evidence that he is sentient and that he is uh, that he should have autonomy because yeah. even even this person who's who's tasked with um, trying to prove that he is not sentient doesn't want to do it because right. that's a good they, point. they don't believe that it's true. Um it also like you know gives gives us that Lauren we talked about that one <laughs> that little Frakes moment where <laughs> there's that close up on his face and he's, yes. he's that thing and he's like oh oh <laughs> um, I do I do remember that I was too distracted though by him saying his password out loud which is just like a security nightmare don't just type it in everyone says their passwords so out loud ludicrous. on this show <laughs> it's just like a sign I was talking with a friend um, about like. Uh, <laughs> think tropes in like movies that take place in the future and like what is so like telling about when they were and and the internet is like the thing that people didn't see coming and so when you see things like that where it's like you would never say your password out loud why would you say your password out loud you got to your password <laughs> um also like I, when i was watching this i thought about this because everyone's like seated at a desk like even on the bridge they're like you know typing on computers i'm like mm-hmm. now you just have like something on the other side of your phaser where you could control the entire goddamn ship. Like it would be like a smartphone on the other side of your phaser. That's Everyone neither here nor there. wouldn't have all the pads. They do have right. standing desks on the upper tier, though. True. I did notice Worf was constantly having to stand. Poor yeah. bastard. <laughs> he's got a bad back, lower back. So. <laughs> he does. He's always like leaning imperiously like a cat. He's um, so tall. 
I mean, this was another moment. I mean, I think in the story, especially when it was written, I mean, Dr. Stephen Miller or whatever uh, calls Data it while Picard keeps referring to Data mm-hmm. as he and Data also refers to himself as he. And while, I mean, I'm sure that's to underscore that that Dr. Maddox sees him as an object, but it also like because of like today's the the loaded question of like pronouns, it also like mm-hmm. read in another way mm-hmm. now of just like ignoring someone telling you this is how I would like you to refer to me as. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be calling you it. Is that okay? Does that humiliate you in any way? Um, it was just an interesting It does. Moment. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Still well, because I don't it. like you, even yeah. though your hair is immaculate. Yes, it is. Your skin off-putting. Do you, <laughs> I, I have another question for you guys. This is for all of you. Uh, do you think the soul is more than just information? <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> I mean, we're already. We only have 45 minutes. This. We got to get in and out. We're in this. Should I smoke a ball now or should I wait until we've started answering? Depends on how good your answer needs to be. (laughs) I think it's interesting that, uh, that Lavoie says like, I don't know if I have a soul. I don't know if anyone does. Like, I think it's cool that they put that in there as like a question that is still posed in hundreds Mm -hmm. of years. Yeah. Right. Um, I and and something that that people still uh, are interested in answering. Like I I think that's I yeah. think that's really cool. I mean, of yeah. course, I love Star Trek too. So um, and I love this episode. So I'm, don't show your hand. We're gonna do the ratings later. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, I'll just say one of the things I really like about this episode is that in in Star Trek and TNG, but also all the other shows. There are times where they try to kind of um, mine the gray area of certain issues. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a lot of Star Trek is like just these morality plays type setup. And what I like about this one is I remember like the first time or two actually watching it being kind of pulled back and forth. Like I wanted Data to be okay and win, but I remember them actually giving some pretty good arguments why he should be considered, you know, property of star or of you know starfleet or like he is just a toaster and so for me i really actually enjoyed just the just the kind of the suspense of like oh god how are they? i know he's gonna be okay but like how right. do we get there um i yeah i think um this was like a much, it was great that this was the next episode after we watched Justice because I think it's a, it was like, well, this is how to do that episode better. You don't need sort of all this faff of, you know, this ridiculous spaceship hanging outside of a planet. Like yeah, they just sort of dove in. This is the story we're going to be doing and we're just going to dig into it. Um, and it's a and, bottle episode. They don't go yeah, anywhere. They're just yeah. They don't on really the go anywhere. The they never time. leave the ship. Well, this is the um, kind of episode that I would have been super bored by as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when watching it with my dad, I would have been like, really? This is what we're doing? And now I'm like, please don't do any action. It's very bad. Please just talk about interesting things. Yes. Just Does Lauren like this one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She likes this one a lot. Yeah. I, th- I, I don't know if this one is her favorite, but it's certainly up there. I, I would have to ask her. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll type at her right now. And see I also <laughs> want to point out the trial. I, I mean, I hinted at this, but the trial is also just humiliating all over the place for, on every angle. For everyone. Um, like yeah. he rips out his arm. I was like, dude, consent. You can't just rip out people's forearms. He turns him off. Yeah. Oh, yes. He yeah. turns him off. I'll he say. does say I'm sorry. Going There's through his private stuff. He does stuff. say I'm sorry. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah it's he, like, he says, may it's I? Like, or something, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> may but, I? 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and Data's like, I mean, I don't have feelings, so do whatever you want. Take it. Yeah. Um, and then he goes through his stuff. Like Picard, who is like ostensibly the defense, is like going through his bags and is like, let's find all the most humiliating things. Do you feel humiliation, Data? Let's find out. <laughs> um, let's talk about your sex life. <laughs> <laughs> You ever been in love, Data? Yeah, uh, very weird. Shall we move on? Um, oh, I wanted to ask you oh, all yeah. how how did you feel about the Guinan conversation in this yeah. episode? Remind remind me what she talks about. She talks about slavery. Yeah, she they talk about slavery. Yeah, um, where, I thought it was great. He goes to to ten forward, and he's like, I don't fucking know what to do. This is like he's like Riker's gonna win, and uh, Guinan's like. Well, talk to me about it. And then that that whole thing where she says, uh, she's like, there are all there always have been disposable people that do mm. work that is too ha- hazardous or inconvenient for for other people, and a whole and thousands of data is all disposable. And it's it's like that that's like the Guinan way, you know. To, she's like saying the thing and then letting the person make their yeah their own uh, yeah opinion about it their own connections and then she's like i don't know what do you think yeah she leads them to the conclusion because (laughs) in this episode picard realizes like oh my god you're talking about enslaving a new type of race of of beings and she's like well i don't know maybe slavery is too much of a too harsh of a word he's like like, i don't think it is and yeah yeah, that's kind of what the turning point of the episode is that is good and i i think when i if i had watched it in the 90s i would have thought that sort of analogy was like really heavy-handed but i think now in the environment we're in uh, like talking about the 13th, 13th Amendment, talking about illegal immigrants. It does like, oh, yeah, this is just this shit all over again with a different yep. name on it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and like, you know, the, one of the things I think Star Trek does really well and in, in general that like sci-fi does really well for subjects like this is that it puts it in into a context that you can sort of separate yourself from it and look at it from a different perspective as opposed to being inside of it, you know? Yeah, like, right. We can look at it and and be like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, it gives yeah, you the luxury of the metaphor that you yeah. can sort of like stretch your legs and, and play around with the idea. Yes, yes. Um, I also want to say just uh, Picard, just Patrick Stewart in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, He's top great. notch. Just- top notch. I also want to point out that Data unwraps presents like my mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Saving. Don't tear that. We, we can, can use, use that. Save it. We can I'm like, how many it. tiny gifts are we giving oh, each other with God. shreds of wrapping? <laughs> I was like, I do like that he tears it off the box and then he, or he, he carefully takes it off the box. And then when Wesley tells him you should tear, just tear into it, he has it completely off the box and then he just tears it in half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Fantastic. I fucking love it. Uh, best of both worlds. Oh, yeah. Okay. BOB. So this is a, a two-parter. Babwa. Babwa. And I can recap this one real quick. Picard is taken over by the Borg. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Well done. Yep. Boom. Synopsed. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say second ship? Is there a second Enterprise in this? Is this the Admiral the is on a ship. Admiral, that's what it is. by the Admiral. I didn't this get the, the Admiral's well, name. Well, yeah. And then there's a whole battle and there's lots of ships that are destroyed. Yeah. There's multiple ships actually, yeah. TJ. Well, we see the first you the ships. The first uh <laughs> I think this is the first time at least in the episodes that we watched that you see like another non-Enterprise Starfleet ship. And yeah. it's cool. I love seeing that. Like <laughs> I think the Enterprise is 
cool as shit. You gotta hand like, it to them. The the I think this is my favorite Enterprise. I don't know. That's sacrilegious to some like original series people, but like this is the Enterprise you, D people. It is. I prefer also the Scott Bakula led Enterprise, so I am offended. <laughs> I also remembered as watching Enterprise. this just Enterprise yeah. uh, that that I had a diecast model uh, like toy when I was a kid of the Enterprise, and it had a separating saucer. So oh. I, I always like this, and in this episode. We get sauce sep, so yeah, I was like, <laughs> and they tease it too. So you're like, oh, dude, we're gonna we're gonna sep some sauce for sure. <laughs> and I was like, so pumped about it. And then we get sauce sep. I'm like, yeah, it was a dream come true. Keep thinking you're saying soft serve. <laughs> yeah. um, we we probably have that too. It's the enterprise. Uh, probably it's by really, the Cinnabon. We really don't get sauce sep very often, but when no. we do. I didn't it even is. know that was a feature of the Enterprise. Well, funny enough, they uh, we before this episode because it was in I watched it in like chronological order. I watched Q Who, mm-hmm. and they have it's, <laughs> it's the the first appearance of the Borg, and it's another Sawstep episode. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I don't know. If, I don't know if they always come together, but they're just popping them off left, right, and center. <laughs> I don't need this. Which movie do they separate the sauce? It's Generations, right? Would they separate the saucer section? I think I it mean, is. And I they crash so, landed into crashes, a planet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that like, scene. It goes like, <laughs> and then all the dirt yeah. and trees and stuff are coming up over the. Oh, man. I remember that. that. Cool. I must have seen, that seen movie. Generations. I should see Generations. Is it, it a shit one? Uh, it is not good, but it is my favorite. <laughs> I understand that. Art. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Best of both worlds is really important to like all Star Trek that came after it. So like this mm. get this episode gets referenced regularly. Like it gets referenced in DS Nine because uh, Captain Ben Sisko uh, loses his wife at Wolf Three Five Nine, which is that big battle. Oh, where board. all the destroyed ships are. Yeah, where all the destroyed ships are. Um, you, we, we like, we just reference this this uh, interaction with the Federation and the Borg all the time. It's the the basis for the new Picard uh, reboot. Um, oh, really? The, the Picard sequel. Yeah. Um, it really it goes deep into his experiences uh, uh, recovering from that, and it's. I mean, this is this episode is is like, it's it's pretty important to the to canon. Yeah. I enjoyed this one, but it. Sorry, Lauren. No, I was just gonna say I'll add that um, Larissa kind of alluded to this earlier about how our good episode list was really long, and <laughs> um, we decided if we were doing Measure of a Man, which is more of a Talking Heads court scene. Uh, Larissa kind of brought up the point that like we should balance it with something that was action-y for Star Trek, I guess. Like, it reads a little bit more sci-fi, so we also thought it kind of balanced that out a little bit to give you guys a, a slightly different flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it definitely feels like, I mean, the mo- I mean, I was constantly getting, like, Wrath of Khan vibes, especially <laughs> when they're hiding in the nebula from each other. Uh, uh, it reminded me of that scene where they're, <laughs> I don't know, they're using the a Z-axis to avoid Khan or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> He'll never look it's, up. <laughs> um, he doesn't do math. 
<laughs> his his chest plate prevents his, his neck issues. Do do left and right. Um, it's like the, the original. Suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. The original <laughs> Batman costume. Why would you fight crime in this? Uh, <laughs> But this one, I mean, because I've watched so many Star Trek movies, this one felt like slipping into an old pair of shoes. Uh, um, it had those same, like, sorry beats. No, 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 DJ, it's not weird. It's like sweaty <laughs> shoes that you've been wearing all day. You took them off, and now you're going back into them, so they're kind of cold, and it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I know that DJ hates feet, possibly even more than me, so it's fun to watch him wince. I hate feet um, too. I understand. I think feet are disgusting. They're would, only cool. They're feet would are cut great them off if I could. on babies, but, but well, there's yeah. like a like they don't use them. They don't use them. They're just they haven't like, been encased in a sweaty sock yet. Yeah, they don't even. They're not even flat five, on the bottom. They're, they're, they're yeah. like rounded because they don't even know, step on them. They're rounded outward. <laughs> Con- like, was <laughs> convex? Is that what that is? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Wait, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, baby Lauren, my wife. Update. Beep 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 beep. Ship in a bottle. It's her favorite episode. Mm. Oh, you referenced that one on our, our thing. Yeah. I have a star by it, but I never watched it. I did. I it. did rewatch it. Wait, it's good. Hold on. It's one of my favorites. Hold yeah. on. Now uh, I have to look oh, at my recap of Ship in a Bottle to remember what that is. Oh, Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, not not my favorite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Borg ship though does look like it was made by the same guys who do Mystery Science Theater. It yes. has the same like homemade vibe of like there's ah, a toilet seat. What's a toilet seat doing <laughs> right? on the outside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Hungry, you're hungry right. hippos. Uh, I think I might need more Borg information if you can lay ooh. some Borg stuff on me. Cause they are sort of I mean, maybe they're not as big as the Klingons were in the original in original recipe, but uh, they are sort of. I knew of the Borg enough uh, yeah, outside I mean, of. I'm Trek. familiar with their work. Yeah, you, <laughs> DJ, maybe, you want to explain yeah, the Borg a little bit? Well, I just I, I'm not an expert by any means, but I did watch because I watched Q Who. I feel like that was, that context was helpful because so. Q, uh, who you know from the next episode that we were crowd watching. Who? <laughs> who? Q. I call him Pid. I thought that was his name. I thought that was the play, <laughs> play on words. Q, so in, in the previous uh, appearance of the Borg and Q, who, um, the, he casts the Enterprise to the far reaches of space where they encounter the Borg. So they were like, and they were like, you're not ready for all that's out here is kind of like his point. And he makes the Enterprise go like super far away and then they encounter the Borg and this whole, it's this whole dangerous thing and some people die and then they get away. Q eventually uh, like brings them back. But now the Borg are aware of humanity's existence or the Starfleet's existence. And so that's why like the Borg are coming. And that's really ominous. Like even though that episode I think was a little bit, it quite a bit sloppier than this one. And like, it was, I think you pay, I think you made the right choice by like this being our introduction. That context was really cool and ominous before like how, you know, basically undefeatable the Borg seem in that first episode, because they, unlike in this episode where they do eventually prevail, like in that episode, they don't, they just get away. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's really interesting is like they get away and they're like, but they're fucking coming bitches. So, <laughs> Sometime, somehow, someplace, you're going to get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Lauren and I decided that we we're going to pronounce it Bjorg. So, <laughs> like Bjork, kind of. Yeah. So I'm sorry that I'm I've been messing it up this whole time. Bjork. 
They're all uh, wearing swan dresses. Yes. Resistance is future. <laughs> Can you? How creepy would that be? If that would be even worse. Wrote a song about the Borg. Oh, Army of Me. That might actually be the song. <laughs> oh, that, oh my God, you're right. Captain, we're getting an audio signal, and it's just like, <laughs> shh, shh. shh. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, so when I was a kid, the Borg—I had nightmares about the Borg. Mm. Uh, I was so. Was it their little scared. pizza cutters? <laughs> was it their their cat toy lasers and their eyeballs the spinning satellite on yeah. top of picard's forehead yeah. no, they are was... like hellraiser meets like something calvin would draw yeah it i think it's because like you can see that they're humanoids and right. that they've lost their humanity so like the the thing that you find out that like you discover about the Borg over time is that they don't reproduce, they assimilate uh mm. organic beings. So they take humanoid life forms and they they put cyborg cybernetic implants in them and then they connect what they did, them they to Picard. their hive mind. Yeah, they yeah. assimilate them, yeah. But that's the only way that they uh that they reproduce. reproduce. Although DJ, the episode you saw, I was thinking about this. Don't they actually have like the Borg they have, nursery? They have a Bjork oh, they baby. have the baby, the baby Bjorg. But, the baby Bjorg. Yeah. <laughs> but they took, they, I, I feel assume, like that's something they, they abandoned. Took, yeah. Did I, I guess I assumed that they took those babies, but I didn't even, I, I don't know. I don't think they get into it. I mean, there's little Bjork baby Bjork babies. Like clothes. Damon, they actually like (laughs) open a drawer. They open a drawer and there's just like real babies there with like some little Borg things stuck on them. But I feel like they kind of abandoned that after that episode. They were like, let's just forget about the the Borg. I don't want to think about Until Voyager. Until that one episode of Voyager, though. Borg babies. (laughs) We're doing it. Um... So if the Klingons, like in the original show, are like the metaphor for communism, are what are I, the only thing I could come up with for the Borg is that they are actually just a meta reference to us Earthlings in general, kind of like, of just like using up all of our resources and and then just like like the monoculture of just taking over, or maybe just a reference to America in general. Mm. I always saw them as the loss of just like identity, like our our fear of that. Um, right, that was the other interpretation, like this sort of Gen X, like, no, nah, man, I'm not going to be part of your machine, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, go do what you tell me. Skateboard or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. I think it's that, it, yeah, loss of identity, loss of humanity. I think it's also, yeah, a, like you said, an example of, of you know, like what happens when um, we we stop like being kind to our planet and taking care of our resources the way we should. And right. they're just, they're all consume, consume, consume. Like they don't, um, that's, that's it. They're all just like, get more thing, get more thing, get more technology, get more knowledge, get more bodies. And there's, yeah. there's no, uh, like there's no end to that. That's the whole, that's their whole, their whole uh, existence is just consumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and there was. Um, oh, sorry, DJ. No, go ahead. well, I was just gonna say in the you touched on the, like the loss of individuality of like the you know of ha- having a spirit of your own as opposed to 
just being part of something, you know, Mm -hmm. that like everything has to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking scary. They are kind of scary. So scary. Just like the thought of because like the board come back a lot. There is actually an there's an ex board character on uh, Voyager. There's a lot more Borg. There's more Borg in the movies. Right. There's just lots of Borg. Um, but, but like, just like continuing to see, like, like, like watching someone become assimilated, like the way that they show it in some of these episodes, just like, just like seeing, that's why this episode is so, I think, scary and awesome is because like, we know Picard really well by this point. We love him. And then like, here he is a Borg. (laughs) And it's like, what the the fuck? Oh no, my God, that's my friend. (laughs) And they're also terrifying because they they were kind of partially inspired by nature, like bees. Um, they talk about like the hive mind and uh, zombies. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like their answer to space zombies, where since they work together, and it's not like the Klingons, where it's like, well, if we take out this one general, then we can, you know, take out the whole fleet. It really is sort of what do you do when you have this just enemy that's kind of faceless in a way. Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought this is the movie. I mean, this is the episode where I was wondering um, how much is affected by the fact that I am watching an S, uh, a, f- a show that it was filmed in standard definition, watching it on a high definition mm. television. I'm sure mm. some of it like looks really cheesy, but there were some moments where uh, when they when in that first scene when they go down to that planet that's been destroyed or that that town that's been destroyed, you can tell that it's kind of a matte painting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was like, I wonder if I would notice that that was a matte painting on just a normal, on my, you know, 27-inch screen back in, you know, 1991. Right, right. Uh, so I was always curious about that because even when they're on that Edo planet, there's there's like a painting of palm trees behind Worf at some point. Oh, and yeah. it reminded me of the Golden Girls when they're out on the lanai <laughs> that I had noticed, especially now when I'm watching it on HGTV. I'm like, oh, those are just, that's a fucking backdrop of palm trees. What an idiot I was. Yep. But yep. I wonder if that's just watching it now. Well, I also feel like this the it was a little undercut also by just oh, sorry. the action. Because uh, <laughs> they still <laughs> we're we're better. We're a little better now, but we're still like anytime there's like one on one action and it's like I, I put even put in my Yeah, exactly. It's I even put in my notes, it's like the music's telling me there's action. <laughs> but they're like walking slowly towards something and it's like <laughs> and it was like, I think you might have hit that cue a little early. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they've got those tube arms and they sort of like swing them in slow motion. They're like scared, probably because they're scared like a bunch of pieces are going to fall off. Right. But they're like, ah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the not Borg the are definitely slow zombies. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're not 28 be, days later. Yes. Which can be extremely effective, you know, and like, or like the, the, what was that T one thousand and the T two like the yeah. like it doesn't you know that can be really scary. It's just like the execution of that. Just to be honest, yes. was a little I'm, undercutting because it was just like I I was into it and then it took me out of it a couple times and I'm like oh, yeah right yeah. I'm still watching this. I'm gonna not. say TNG is not known for its action right. sequences. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nor should they be. Yeah. But they're still doing them, so that's on them yeah. a little. Like it's, it's more like <laughs> lock phasers. Fire on my command. Fire. P- 
I'm going to tell you what I'm about to say, then I'm yeah. going to say what I'm going to say, and then you're going to do what I said. Yeah, yes. right. Okay, so we decided this episode uh, is too long for public consumption, so we're going to split it in twain. So cleft. this cleft episode shall be continued. So I, I'm going to sing the, the, the TNG theme song while Damon uh, tells you dramatically that this episode will be to, to be continued, okay? <laughs> To be continued. Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show on Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town.